The aluminum fin of the surfboard had sliced open the back of his friend's left leg from the knee to the ankle. Blood is gushing from the deep gash, clouding the water. The two surfers are half a mile offshore, and giant waves are forcing them underwater. If Laird doesn't act fast, his big wave surfing friend is going to bleed to death. I knew I couldn't go back. You just put it out there. She said you've got less than a year to live. He's dug even deeper. is the residue of design. Nobody else was doing it, so I couldn't. That was the turning point. Hi, I'm Phil Cogan. Welcome to the Bucket Podcast, where I talk to mavericks, innovators, and disruptors. People who take chances. Those who swerve off the predictable road, face their fears, and refuse to say no. Amazingly resilient people who are motivated and tenacious. Those who have said bucket and who epitomize what it means to tick it before you kick it. Think of the greatest male athletes of all time. You might think of Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, or maybe Michael Phelps. But if you haven't got Laird Hamilton on your list, you might want to reconsider. Surfer Magazine described Laird as the biggest, boldest, bravest, and best big wave surfer in the world today, bar none. A maverick who regularly surfs 35-foot swells. And in August 2000, successfully dropped into a massive wave in Tahiti, considered unrideable. A ride claimed by many as the single most significant in surfing history. But Laird is so much more. He's an innovator and disruptor who helped develop tow and surfing, where jet skis pull surfers into giant waves, a total game changer for big wave surfing. He also helped to develop hydrofoiling. He's married to Gabrielle Reese, a former professional volleyball player. They spend half the year in Hawaii and the other half in Southern California. I caught up with Laird at his Malibu home, and thankfully, he'd had a really hard week of surfing because it's almost impossible to keep this fitness icon still especially when he knows the surf's up. You good, Scotty? Okay, good. I'm going to snap this. I'm with uh, Laird Hamilton, and we're kind of in the Malibu, California area. We're back. I'm Here back. we are. It's nice to see you again. Here we are again. I, I know, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for being here because I know you just looked out the window and you saw a surf. I did, but I've got quite a, I got quite a full cup right now, so it's, I, I can keep... If I hadn't, if it's if it was three days ago, I would be probably out the door. <laughs> how, how much have you surfed in the last couple of days? I don't know, seventeen hours or something. A lot, like a lot of surfing, a lot of paddling, a lot of riding. So I'm so my to cup's know, overflowing, but I'm still. I got it. You know, I, I I would literally, I would walk up to the front door after being in the water for six seven hours. Yeah. And when I open the door, I'd say hi, Gabby, and then I just turn and look, look out, and she'd be like, "Are you looking at the waves right now?" You just got in from like six, seven hours of surfing. I'm like, yeah, but there might be, there's another one. <laughs> there's another one. Didn't you say something about uh, uh, like every, wor- every wave needs to be surfed or something? Surf every wave? Or yeah, something? take every wave. Take every wave. <laughs> take every wave. We wanted you to start in talking, if you can, about 2007. I mean, speaking of being cold by the waves, yep. can you take us back to that day? These big waves that you hear the, the pounding, you, what, you feel yeah. it through the earth and you, and, and you hear it. Yeah, well, there's a deep sound when the surf is big. There's like a rumbling. And it sounds, you know, I was in I was in Russia once when they were fighting in Georgia and you could hear the, the you know, the, the big guns in the distance. And big surf has that similar, like a thunder. You know, there's that, that low, you know, kind of energy that you can feel, uh, that you can hear from long distances and you can, you can feel and you can sense. You can intuitively sense the energy 
uh, there and, you know, and because of my upbringing, because of, uh, of where I grew up and how I grew up, you know, that's like a, you know, that's like somebody ringing the dinner bell. That's like, Hey, come, you know, come here. So that day you go out and you're with your friend, Brett Lickle. That day was an unusual day because of the nature of the surf didn't start real big. And, but it, the direction forced us to go to a unique place that we really didn't go to, you know, to this day is still probably without a doubt, the biggest surf that I've, I've ridden in, in my, uh, and been in, in my experience. And, and, uh, you know, that, that, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And it was a real ominous day. It, you know, there was almost like a, a, a fog. What kind of size waves are we talking about here? We know that the waves were in, you know, in excess of a hundred feet. I mean, I understand how long it takes, you know, things to fall. I've jumped off, you know, 130 foot cliffs and, you know, you know, when things are falling for five seconds or something that, you know, you're passing a hundred, hundred foot in distance. And were, were there any other people out there at that point? No. The circumstances of Brett's injury was that I was pulled onto a giant wave, probably one the biggest wave that I, I've ever been on. And, uh, and I wasn't able to actually get down the wave, get down, make it down the face because there was so much resistance. And I dove off and got through the back of the wave, uh, which was a miracle at that point um, because of the volume of water I had to swim through and just the nature of the circumstances. And when I came to the surface, uh, Brett was coming, you know, behind the wave and, I was, he was able to get me, but once I got onto the ski and him and I tried to run away from the next wave, there was these giant boils that were, were, uh, probably like six foot high, you know, bumps that we were hitting. And then the next wave came and ran us down. And, and when the wave hit us, um, either my board or, or the ski or something hit the, hit his leg and split his leg open from, uh, from the back of his knee down to his, to his heel, blew it completely, uh, apart looked like a curtain a little bit um, and then we got pushed in by a, a bunch of waves probably five or six waves and uh and then he when when we both arrived kind of in the in in the lagoon uh he was floating kind of head down I mean I went to him and and he was still conscious and he was okay but they had a red they, there was a, red, a like a looked like a big you know red quilt in the water I'm gonna f let you yeah. finish the story at the sure at, at, at the end absolutely I think what, what I love about you is, is, is this, this true passion for what you do, meaning you don't feel the need to have to have a trophy or to be acknowledged as, officially acknowledged as a great. And, and I'm just interested in when you decided that you didn't need to compete to prove yourself, I guess. Well, I, you know, I, there's a couple of factors that, that went into that decision. Uh, one of them was obviously watching... Uh, First of all, watching my stepfather, um, who was a great free surfer, of an artist, uh, uh, you know, one at his, in his era, one of the one, one of the master surfers, and uh, and watching, you know, competitive surfing just destroy him in a way because he, he was subjecting his performance to judgment and watching the judgment of of men and and hoping it wouldn't be, you know subjective or objective or yeah. whatever whatever scenario went down it, always kind of creating some confusion um and then also my competitive nature makes me so aggressive um i'm already naturally aggressive not a great environment um for me when i and i still to this day have to deal with the nature of my my competitive nature uh 
in, in how aggressive it makes me that it just brings out a part of me that I that I have to try to learn how to how to kind of have understanding and control over and 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 constructively vent it not cultivate it I was fortunate to be raised in a time when some of the greatest surfers weren't competitive surfers yeah in fact there was this real split between there was all these phenomenal surfers and they, in fact they were better than most of the competitive surfers there was a real division you know after that competitive surfing kind of took over surfing and all the best surfers were competing but when I was young there was a big group of surfers that were just you know Jerry Lopez wasn't a competitive surfer he surfed in a couple of contests but he was the king of pipeline and what that was the greatest wave so if you were the best surfer on the best wave you kind of it kind of didn't matter what trophy you got. And, and so I, I think my approach was more about if, you know, I just want to perform the best I can in the biggest and the most aggressive conditions. And if I can perform at the highest level in those conditions, then in, in a way that will set me apart. The You're fact hard that, enough on yourself probably, right? Worse. Yeah. I think I'm worse than anybody can be. So in, in a way, and I think that's what makes me so dangerous in, in a competitive sport is that yeah. I, my anger really comes from me not performing, not somebody else beating me. And it was interesting because the, the, the big day that we were talking about earlier, that was a day, we had been shooting everything that we were, we were doing for a while, and I was getting to the point where I really wanted to not photograph what we were doing and have a really special day that was just for us because everything was documented and we were able to critique it and people always had something to say about it and it was becoming a lot of work to film every single thing as you... As, as you well know, it's effort. Well, it, like, it gets in the way. Gets in the way. It gets in the way of spontaneity the and the purity. Exactly. I can go out and have a day where no one sees me and be okay. I mean, one friend's nice just in case something happens or you have a witness. So you can say, hey, but was but, it really great like I thought it was? <laughs> you know? But it does speak to, to this raw passion. Meaning, yeah. the, and the reasons that you do what you do. Yeah. And where that is coming from and that drive. Well, that's everything. The idea that you've also been the first human being to do certain things, yep. uh, that must be an amazing feeling. Because unlike a title or a record or whatever, that can never be taken away from you. Yep. And the innovation that you love so much. And to yep. do something as a human being for the first time, I'm just wondering, yep. is that also a driving factor? Like you get these ideas when you're out there and you think, man, I'm going to go. Yeah. That's a... Uh a highly fulfilling experience. I mean, that process of an idea being created, you know, they say there's two types of people. One's creative people are fulfilled by accomplishing things and competitive people are fulfilled by beating others. So I'm a creative person yeah. and I'm fulfilled by accomplishing things. And so in a way, these ideas or these things that I've been able to do I was, that I'm the first one to do or the first one that we know of or however you want to look at it, uh, it, those are highly fulfilling for me. Can you take us into a moment maybe where you knew you were doing something that other humans had not done before and that you were just like going into the unknown, kind of a li little bit like going into space, right? Yeah. You, you don't know what's out there. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, yeah. like, would, would it be the, the towing days, the towing surfing days or? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I think they, I think there's been multiple, uh, kind of multiple moments like that. And then some were like, you know, crescendo-ish, yeah. where they were like chopu, where it was like, this is a completely unrideable wave. No one could ever surf a wave like this in the world. And all of a sudden now we're on this wave and we're going to, can we ride it? Because no one's ever been able to be on a wave like this. So never, not, not alone ride it. And so now we're on it. Are we going to make it? Are we going to, 
are we going to die? I mean, what's going to, what's going to happen? And so, uh, and, and that just happened to be, uh, the implementation of a technique that we developed, right? This whole toe technique. Now we, now we take this technique and we have this opportune moment to, to really kind of use it in a way that was designed to be used, which was to, you know, why I started to do it in the beginning was to ride the unrideable, to do the undoable. So, and now we do the undoable and it was very defined. It's moment you let go, you survive it and you come out of that and you're like, wow, like that was, can just... you take, take us to that wave? Cause I've seen <laughs> yeah. photograph yeah, and I'm just wondering in the photograph, which is probably your most famous photograph, right? If I'm yeah. not mistaken, the millennium like wave. purple, yeah. uh, I think a pur- pur- yeah. pur- pur- purple pair of shorts. Yep. And you could, it just looks like you belong in that wave in yep. that moment. Yep. And I'm just wondering, you look so at ease, but also to the outside is so vulnerable because you can see the, the yep. reef. Yeah. How far below the wave? Yeah, it's like six six feet. Okay, so yeah. if you go down, it's, bad. it's yeah, not good. It's bad. And I'm just wondering in that moment, what's going through your mind, or is there something going through your mind? I think you in the, are you in your own zone there. Well, no, and I mean on that on that particular mo- in that moment, yeah, you're you're, I mean you're having a conversation between good and evil. You know, like you're having the conversation between if I make it or don't make it. You know, the bright and the light in the dark and you got one guy telling you to jump off because you're going to die and the other person telling you, you better stay on because if you don't stay on, you can't make it. <laughs> and you're having that little conversation is running in your head and you're like, should I jump off or should I not jump off? If I jump off, it's like you just, you know, and, and, uh, and it's real clear and time expands and, you, you know, there's a long enough time to have a little conversation in my head about whether I should jump or not. And one voice going, jump, jump, jump. And the other voice going, well, if you jump, you can't make it. And, you know, you, you stay on and make it or you jump off and, you know, read about it, <laughs> you know. Why was it important, Laird, for you to do that and, and the other things that you've done for the first time? When you hear something hasn't been done, is that is that an instant motivator for you? Like, okay, there must be a way. I'm going to find a way. You know, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's that obvious. I mean, I have a, a good friend that, you know, one of the smarter people that I know, and he calls me a contrarian. It's just because it's done that way. Doesn't mean that's the only way it can be done. That doesn't mean it's the right way to be done. Just because you've always done it that way. doesn't mean there's not a better way. I mean, Thoreau has a great quote, you know, where he said, disobedience is the true foundation of liberty and the obedient shall be slaves. I mean, you know, another reason why I didn't like competition was because I never like I didn't like to be told what to do. Yeah. I've always been resistant about being told what to do. Go in, come, go in. We'll tell you when to go out, go out. When you come in, we'll tell you how you did like that. These are bad scenarios. Like I don't, I'm, I don't take, I, I don't, I'm not good with, with uh, rules, with rules. Yeah. Very not good with I, rules. Would it be fair to say you make up your own? Very, yeah. Oh, very yeah. not good yeah, yeah, with yeah. rules. Well, you I know like what, that. but I, but I, but I, <laughs> listen, I, but I'm governed by the rules of gravity. Yeah. I'm governed by the rules of the universe. Like yeah. I don't, why I don't need to make up rules. I'm I'm governed by the rules of of nature. They they take care of stuff. There's no air under the water. That's a rule. And you know what? I'm not going to change that rule ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I fall off this building, the ground is hard. I'm not going to change that. I mean, I can put wings on, <laughs> but if the wings break, I'm I hit the ground. It's still, you know. So, I mean, I, I you know these are some things that are like these are these are these aren't made up. These are like, these are things that we can learn the hard way and they'll be consistent. I mean, listen, I, 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 you know, we were, we were the other day we were talking about, you know, when I was young, 
uh, I lived around uh, a lot of, you know, incredible Hawaiian people. And, you know, one of the old men uh, in his dialect would always say to me, you, you know, boy, you can't eat your surfboard. Because I'd go surfing every day. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He'd come back. He'd be like, hey, boy, you cannot eat your surfboard. And I'd be like, <laughs> I mean, he meant like, you can't eat that thing. Like, it, you're not farming. Right. You're not fishing. You're not hunting. Yeah. You're not working. <laughs> you're not making money. You're, you cannot, hey, boy, you cannot, make, you cannot eat your surfboard. You know, like, and so uh, in a way, I've been able to eat my surfboard. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I think I've gone against, you know, I've gone you against all those things. Yeah. But I've, I, and I've gone against a lot of that because I was already different. Yeah. So I'm, I started off in this position where I was already an alien. I was already different. So I'm really not going to be subjected by a lot of peer pressure. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to get 10 guys to go, Hey, that looks, you, you look stupid when you do that. And I'm going to go, okay, I won't do it. Yeah. I, if, if I'm on it and, and, and I, and I believe in it and it's, a, you know, it's, it's obnoxious to live with and you know, Gabby can testify to it. It's like being a terrier. It's like, Hey, once I'm on the scent, it's over. Like I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, it's, it's in the morning, it's in the night, it's in the day. It's, it's obnoxious. It's obnoxious for me. It's yeah. obnoxious for me and I'm living it. And it's like, it's cause it's every second. Like, it's just like, you know, in the ocean, my relationship with the ocean is that way. When I get something in my radar, whatever it is, I get a thought, an idea. I'm just going to keep coming back to it. Keep coming back. It's obnoxious. You don't so, even, so, you don't even want to be around it. So I, I meet Gabby in, in a store in yeah. Kauai and yeah. she says, and it was Thanksgiving time. Yep. So she says, listen, we're having Thanksgiving, and um, maybe you should come up to the house. And then you say, yeah, you should come up to the house. It'd be really good. And I said, oh, well, I've got my parents with me. And you said, yeah, just bring your, just bring your parents up. Don't worry about it. The house is open. Just come up, up to the house. So then you walked away to get some coffee. And then Gabby goes, you know, you really should come. I said, really? And she said, yeah, come. So I, we go there. Yeah. To this day, my parents... <laughs> Still talk about that yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, we don't have Thanksgiving in New Zealand, yeah. but they yeah, remember yeah. this event. For sure. Anyway. But that's, but that's Hawaiian. That's aloha. That's we, aloha. Beautiful. And that's so aloha. we yeah. get there, and there's more food than you could imagine. Yeah. And there's kids running everywhere. But the biggest kid yeah. was this guy by the name of Laird Hamilton, who yeah. was screaming around on some gator, yeah. flying across the, the, the paddock, yeah. the fields, and, and with a big torch. Yeah. And next thing we know, there's this huge fire and yeah, bonfire yeah. and stuff's going off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... For sure. I, I, I was like, that's the biggest kid here. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I, well, when they said retain your youthful enthusiasm, I, yeah. I, I, took them to, I took it to heart. Yeah, you did. And to extremes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, bigger kids, bigger toys, bigger action. You know, it just keeps progressing. You were talking before about the, the way you are and that sometimes it's a challenge to, 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 to be with. Yeah. So relationships, and I mean, look, you've got such a strong wife in, yeah. in, in Gabby, but uh, I'm, I'm imagining that there's some butting of heads sometimes because, because you're both strong personalities. Yeah. So how does that work? I mean, so many relationships, you know, that yeah, well, you have to I mean, find you just, I think you just have to, uh, you know, I mean, at a certain point, uh, you have some experiences before. Yeah. You know, and I think as a man, I just realized that you just say you're sorry and you're wrong a lot <laughs> and then you're good. <laughs> yes, dear. You're right. I'm sorry. I won't do that again. <laughs> but, but yeah, but the truth is, is that you, most of the time you are wrong. So, you know, you might as well just face that quickly. I, I, do, I do think and, that and men the are And by the way, by the way, being right is totally overrated yeah it no, it's is. totally overrated it's so yeah. overrated it's like sure you're right whatever you want to do yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But I, <laughs> I, I think men are, are wrong more than, than women. I, well, absolutely. I, yeah, I think we, yeah, we'll face that right away. Yeah, as long as we accept that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. good. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I know you're involved with right now is, and, and I guess this goes to parenting, teaching good habits in terms of exercise, yep. good nutrition, yes. um, being good, curious human beings. Yes. Um, the food side of it. Tell me about your, your food line. How, what, what's it based off? Is there a particular... Well, I mean, you know, first of all, you know, I always say you got to go to, you got to meet people with where they are. Yes. You know, I don't throw you in the deep end with a 50 pound dumbbell unless I know you can swim. Yeah. So uh, I can't give you an elaborate diet that I eat and think you'd follow it because I can, my discipline to eat and what I can eat is probably there's me and my 10 friends. Yeah. But so you got to meet people with where they are. And so my, you know, the concept really is, is, is it's kind of like stand up paddling where you can teach people how to paddle on flat water. Yeah. And I, you know, the basis of my, of layered superfood is based on creamers first because coffee is so prevalent. And I had some fantastic coffee at your yeah. house when yeah, I yeah. stayed with you once. Well, coffee's prevalent, right? Yep. You know how many people enjoy coffee. You know how, first of all, how uh, much we destroy coffee. Yep. We put a bunch of terrible stuff in it and, you know, and, and so to take that platform coffee platform and implement, you know, minerals and good fats and these other kind of nutrients into that platform where people already are used to, they're drinking it every day. All of a sudden, wow, I feel good. I feel better. This is amazing. You know, that kind of response. Then you can go, oh yeah, well try this green drink or try this hydration product and, and start implementing other things. But the biggest issues that we have that are the kind of, in my opinion, that are the most easily solved really has, has to do with minerals, minerals and good fats. I mean, these are, these are some of the, our foods lack minerals, right? We know that. And that's, you know, those are the key elements. Is that because of the processing? That, that well, just because of the way we're growing everything. Because nothing, either the foods we're feeding animals don't have minerals in them or the ground that the plants are growing don't have minerals in them. So our mineral deficiency is leading to a bunch of, uh, a bunch of issues. And then, of course, we have a lot of other chemicals in our foods that don't exactly help us. So, you know, the, one of my philosophies is whole food based products. Mm. The products all have their base from whole food. I don't care if you're freeze drying or dehydrating or whatever you're doing, but you're, everything's based on whole food. You have a whole food ingredients. When you look at the ingredients, you see like four ingredients and five and six ingredients, two ingredients. I mean, our real kind of objective with the food line is to create a brand that people can recognize and go, oh, okay, that's safe. I can go there and buy. I don't need to know what everything means. And I I don't have to like, you know, be an expert at reading labels. They can trust us that we're doing it in a way and we're getting stuff for them in a way that they couldn't do. So it's a trusted product. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. I, it's a go-to. Yeah. And that's that's our that's the objective. Believe me, you you make a difference in somebody's life, they'll never forget it. Well, you've had an impact on my life. I mean, just a, in terms of the way I think. You know, I often think of some of the things. Yeah. You've said and, um, and you know, inspirational. I'm just wondering, Laird. You know, you're 54. You yeah. said life is fast. When you're on that wave and you're at your peak physical condition, there may be. You know, there's certain moments in your career where you know that you are at your peak. Yep. Physically, mentally. The idea of Laird Hamilton getting older, I'm just wondering how that gets processed. Well, there's a great quote that I really, that I appreciate. And it says, never let your memories be bigger than your dreams. And so as long as my dreams are bigger than anything that I've done, and they are. Just say that again, because I like that. <laughs> never let your memories be bigger, be bigger than, bigger your, than dreams. your dreams. 
So that's about always looking forward, right? Always. Will you still be will you still be wanting to go out and invent things when you're 74? Always. So when it's when it, when I'm will, not, it's done. So I, I, then I lose the whole purpose while I'm here. I might as well, you know, and, and who knows what that looks like. But the fact is, is that every season I'm able to have a feeling of accomplishment and do something I haven't done. And what I realize is that I, I'm never in a, in a position where I put myself in a position where I'm being measured by the next 20 year old who's hot. You're, I'm not in a sport where, hey, you only ran a four five, and the guy ran a four four or four two, or you did this, or that guy's, you know, bench presses this much more, or you know, I don't have. I'm not in a spot where they can say, oh, this next hot kid, da da da. I go, yeah, well, let's see what he does. He's got about 20, 30 more years of keeping this stuff up to even start to dance. Right. So, like, where you know, in a way, I don't. I, I just kind of because it, because I'm on my own road. So I'm on my road. There's not a reference of, I'm not down a freeway with a bunch of cars and somebody goes, wow, those cars just blew by you. Well, you're getting a little slow now. Like I don't have those kind of measurements. How have you kept your ego in check? Because you've done like these phenomenal things and it would be, it would have been easy for you to get a huge head and just be like, get out of my way. That's my wave. Get off there. But you're, you're like the opposite of that. You're like, no, no, come and jump on the wave. I... (laughs) I tell people this story often. You said to me, let's go out and do a little uh, paddle boarding. I was like, okay. So we go out on this wave and I'm barely going down this tiny little wave. It was like two feet. And Laird Hamilton is paddle boarding backwards <laughs> down the wave, telling me I'm okay going forward. And all I kept thinking about was, you know, I was going to fall off and you're going backwards. But the, my, the point I made to everybody was, this is some legendary surfer who's out there giving me a, a lesson. You yeah. didn't have to do that. And, and you, so you've kept your, that ego in check. And I'm just wondering, did that come from you? Did it come from Gabby? Is it the people that you've surrounded yourself with that have like kept you in check? How have you not got this crazy big head, considering what you've done in your life? Oh, I'm a realist. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any justification uh, to think that I'm any better than anyone else. And, and, uh, but you know, I get the, I get humbled every day. I mean, first of all, parenting is the most humbling experience. I got, I get, I got daughters that keep me in line every, as soon as I get a little off, they just, you know, they'll come over and, you know, bat you, bat you back in line. But you know, the fact is the ocean, the ocean is the, is a constant reminder, you know, you get a little happy out there, you're a little cocky. She'll just put you down in the bottom and hold you down there for a little bit and see how bad you want to get to the top. And I, that's of any, of all things in men, it's the thing that I resent the most. Is ego. I, I just resent it. I resent it in a way that, it, and it doesn't mean that you can't be confident wow. and, and, and doesn't mean that you don't have that kind of yeah. secure thing with you. But, but I just resent arrogance. It's like, for me, it's just the most... I just, it's it, it, it just, it, is it just is the worst, uh, trait. I mean, I, and listen, I'm a terrible sport and I got other issues, but, but I'm never going to have the one you where own I, you own your issues. I, I'll own them. And I, and, but arrogance, I mean, that just is, is it's because, you know, you know, what do we say? We have a saying about, you know, we're all equal before a wave. And at the end of the day, I don't care who you are and what you got. And we have a, a in Hawaii, part of the culture, uh, it's not who you are. It's how you are. It's not who you are. It's how you are. And for me, I think that's the thing that should keep you in line. 
It just should keep you in line. It's how are you? How how polite are you? My mom always used to, you know, and I came and I, you know, I think maybe my mom, she says, I don't care who it is. I want you. You should treat the janitor like the king. You should treat the pre- peasant like the like the, the 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 empress. I mean that there should be no differentiation between how you treat people. And I think that's the same thing that's connected to to and Gabby to, is exactly to arrogance. the same too. That's why we have a chance, Gabby and I, to be together as long as we because we have similar value system. Yeah. We have a similar our, our values are what at the end when you when we you know if we clash the thing that we have that keeps us together is our values that we both have a similar value system the way we the way we look at money the way we look at 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 fame the way we look at you know at just the way we look at the world that we have a similar way that we look at the world and and uh, I mean I, I always am going to operate under I could be better I could do better. Never, I'm great, I'm perfect, da-da-da. Like, I'm going on the other side. I'm always going that way. I'm always going, I could learn. I could be, I could be more flexible. I could be stronger. I can be a better person. I could have a better attitude. I could, I'm just always going to go that direction. And that's, because that's honest. I mean, all the smartest people throughout the history of the world always have always said, the only thing I know is I don't know anything. That's what they all say. And the smarter they get, the guy goes, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. That's all the smart guys. It's just all the guys that don't know anything that think they know something. I have to agree with that. As I'm getting older, I'm realizing just how much I don't know. Exactly. I'm just but, saying. But I, and, and that's why I like <laughs> to surround myself with curious people. For sure. I like being around people that I can learn things from. Curious. Just about the way you see the world. For and, sure. You know. Well, retain your youthful enthusiasm, right? And yeah. Retain your interests. Oh, that's cool. What's that? Oh, I mean, that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the wild man traits that I just so respect. I love what you said in this quote. You can look at life with two graphs. One line shows your physical systems, the stuff like conditioning, VO2, fast twitch, muscle fibers, um, that in time, that, that line is going to flatten out, obviously, because you're, you're getting older. But then you say the other line is maturity, experience, judgment, passion, perspective, and those things steadily rise. And then you say... It's where the two lines cross, right at that place. That's the interesting place, and that's what you regard as your peak. It's a beautiful thing. It just means that you can continue to have fulfillment. And, you know, it's, it's I mean, the last thing you ever want to do is look back and be like, wow, my, you know, my best year of my life was when I was 22 years old. You're like, I mean, there's such a world of things to do and, and things to know and learn and ways to be. It's like, there's no end. We need to get back to the story. Your, your friend has had his leg ripped open all the way yep. from the knee right down to the ankle. Yeah. There's blood everywhere. Yeah. He's losing blood fast. So, uh, and I, and I know, and we're, 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 uh, we're getting drawn by a current. We're probably, a, I don't know, maybe a third of a mile, almost a half mile. We're probably a half mile from shore and he, we're getting pulled down the coastline. I know that I'm not going to be able to swim him in. Um, the jet ski that we got just knocked off of is probably a quarter mile from where I am floating uh, in the distance. And, uh, and so I, I just, I pull my suit off, um, and I tourniqueted his leg with my suit. I give him my flotation and then I swim naked, uh, as fast as I'm able to, uh, to, to the ski and hoping that it'll start when we get there. Um, it, it's the lanyard's gone, which is, so you a, had to leave him. I had to leave him. Yeah. Cause that was the only way I could, I mean, I wasn't gonna be able to do anything. And, uh, I couldn't swim him and I couldn't stay with him because I know that wasn't going to be what he needed. So I swam uh, to the ski and, uh, and I, I got the ski started. Um, I, they didn't have a lanyard, but I just kind of 
hot-wired it with some earphones that were in the ski. And, uh, it, well, hot, not hot-wired it, but there's a lanyard yeah. thing that, so I, I, got the, I got it going with this, I just wrapped these earphones on it, and, uh, and there was a radio on the ski in the glove. I zipped back to him, and he was, um, I was just, you know, my head was going crazy during that time just because uh, he's got two daughters, he's got a wife. I was like, you know, last thing I want to do is go home and tell Shannon, you know, Brett's not, that Brett didn't make it. And uh, so I got the machine, got it going, drove back to him. He was just floating on the flotation devices, fates down, and I I wasn't sure, uh, you know, if he was still conscious or what, or if he, what was going on. Um, he, I got him, uh, I got there and I got him on the back of the sled of the, of the, of the ski and, and was, was he it, conscious at this point? Yeah, he was, he was, he was conscious. And, uh, and then I held him, I held him kind of held him and drove the ski at the same time and, and, uh, and was able to get on the radio and just get the, to try to get the, uh, uh, to get an ambulance to the beach. And then I, I, uh, ran ran the ski up the beach. I flew like into a parking lot, but the 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 surf had been so big it knocked the lifeguard stand over, and all the cars were kind of pushed uh, in the like way away. And I slid up onto this beach, and I flew off the ski, and I was naked just in front of all these people and stuff. But I didn't even care. Um, some guy ran over and threw me some shorts, and then uh, and then the ambulance came pulling in. But I had been debating with the coast guard like where i was and what i needed and they were just you know they were like well what beach and which thing and you know and so uh i they came and we got him in the ambulance and uh and then my friend from the helicopter place my helicopter pilot don Shear drove up and you know right as the ambulance and the firemen were there um and then i said to him i'm going back out um do you want to go you went back out yeah i had to go back out i i had to you know, it's a th- it's a thing that we have. Like I broke my collarbone one day at Giant Jaws, and and I had to ride a couple more waves with a broken collarbone. It was painful, but I just it, it's a, it's it's that old get back on the horse thing. So you don't let it get into your psychology, and you know, you know the fact nuts, is, is there's a, that there's people that Laird, you don't I'm recover. Sorry, you know, you're a little nuts, right? I am. I admit it. You're but there's certain it. things that work. <laughs> okay. Don't fix it if it's not broken. But the fact is, is that these kind of what about fix it when it is broken but these psycho psychological these these psycho you know the psychology yeah. of of being hurt or crashing and then not getting back in the car or back on the bike or back on the horse or in my case back on the wave might affect your performance forever you might never be the same and i warn i warn young surfers all the time i say be careful and don't be so reckless that you get yourself in a position that you might not recover from and i don't mean physically this thing heals you can put bolts on it i mean you i'm not where i'm talking about the body i'm talking about the mind i'm talking about the ability to overcome something in your mind and and not have it always be with you always affecting your performance wow. for the rest of your life and so yeah and that was the objective was to get that part okay like i got back wrote a couple more okay okay we're good you're back on track we can do it after that it's behind you but if you stop right then at failure, yeah. Then that that thing grows. It's like you know, it's the the failure tree will start to grow, and pretty soon it'll be monumental, and you'll be like, "What happened?" And so, and I've learned. I think I learned that at a young age, and I don't know where I completely learned it from or who I learned it from, but I know 
that I've always done it, unless I'm just in, I'm, unless I'm unable to continue on. And then, I'll, and then I'll go right back as soon as I can, even just if it's a, a, a lighter, lesser version. It's a good lesson, even if you're not riding huge, 100-foot waves. Lesson just, for your life. Yeah, just for your life. Get back. Laird, what are the things that make you laugh the most? Because I know you like to laugh a lot. <laughs> I'm just wondering, what makes you laugh? Well, what makes me laugh? Um, people. I mean, people make me laugh, just in general, just, just things people do. And, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I like... I like super intelligent humor i like things that are super smart but that are funny and that you know there's some i mean i have been we've been cracking up quite a bit lately but just just people just people's reaction to things and things people do and you know you just have some stuff it makes you it's just humans man they're entertaining so you like to be they're surrounded by human, people hum, humans sense of humor. Hum, humans are entertaining they yeah. they're they're funny oh, there's some funny crew too, yeah exactly <laughs> Takes one to know one. Uh, yes. Well, let's say you're going to drive across America for 10 days and you had to live with three people in the car. Three people. Yeah. And, and you could take anybody from any time in history for an interesting road trip. Well, I think, I mean, definitely Einstein. We'd have to pull him in there. Okay. We get Einstein's in there. Uh, maybe we go Einstein... Maybe G- Jesus, maybe oh, Jesus. Wow. Okay, You're Jesus. Going high I, I, I mean, right. anytime, anybody in history. Come on, I got to take yeah, advantage. Yeah, of it. No this problem. is some, this is some miracle, miracle stuff. Uh, you know, like, or 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 science. You know, some kind of some kind of uh, Leonardo, maybe a little Da Vinci action. Wow. You know, wow. some Da Vinci, like well, quite a crew. That, that speaks to your yeah. inventiveness. Yeah, and yeah, the fact yeah. that you yeah. like to create. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be some pretty. That's a that, card. Wow, that's okay. That, that's a that's that'd a be some, There'd be some dialogue. Wow, and, and throwing a little Laird Hamilton. Yeah, that's a card. card. And then if you had an extra seat, just throw Jimi Hendrix in the back for fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jimmy, plus yeah, 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 philosophize for us. <laughs> and uh, then the final question is: If you knew tomorrow was going to be your last day on Earth, if you knew that that was it, what would you do with your last day on Earth? I just do what I do every day. Just be with my family, be with my friends. Little heat, little ice, you know. Just set it up real nice. Little, just nothing, you know. And then maybe, maybe go break a couple of rules. <laughs> <laughs> Locally, yeah. <laughs> hey, but like <laughs> just run point... a stop sign or you know, bang a pole or something. I don't know. <laughs> just something fun, you know. <laughs> but yeah, just just be with the people, you know. Even with my family and my friends. Laird, thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. That was a good it. ride. I'll be exhausted from it. <laughs> For sure. If you have a really cool story that you want to share with us, then why not share it? Maybe you'll become my next guest. Don't forget, you can watch this podcast online at philcogan.com.